0: Goodness, each and every one of you in the house of the Lord this morning. So open your Bibles, if you would, the Book of Galatians, chapter number four. Galatians, chapter number four. Galatians, chapter four. We're going to be looking at verses four and five of this this passage of scripture. Um, and uh, this this morning, as we uh, we're we're in the, in full swing of Christmas time, if you haven't noticed. Uh, we our decorations and, and everything that's around us it certainly uh, helps us to get into the spirit of Christmas and uh, you know but I want you to know it's not the most <coughs> wonderful time of the year because of Santa or because of stockings or socials uh, but it's the, the it, it's the most wonderful time of the year because of the Savior mm-hmm. uh, that's what makes it the most wonderful time of the year I want us to discover today what Christmas is all about, what Christmas is all about. Uh, God will tell us the answer and, it's, and you're not going to find it in TV commercials or or Christmas con- uh, songs or Hallmark movies. My wife is really watching the Hallmark movies this time of the year and, uh, and uh, I think it was Zach that made the observation, why is it the always end with snow falling and a kiss? It just seems like that's the the end of all the Hallmark movies and, and we, we noticed that the other night in one movie we watched and uh, the kiss and the snowflakes. Just you know, we didn't have snow this morning, but uh, it still felt like it, and and a lot of people did have snow that ha- don't normally get snow. And uh, but uh, we're we in the full swing of things. Uh, but uh, stand with me, if you would, if you uh, if you're able to, uh, uh, as we read the scripture this morning, Galatians chapter four, uh, verses four and five. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, and thank you for all that you brought together this morning to worship you. Dear Lord, I pray to you, Lord, that you would speak through this message that we might fully understand what Christmas is all about, and we might understand what uh, what the impact that it made in the world and in our lives and. Uh, and how important it is for the message of of Christmas to get out to all that are around us and all the world that they might be saved. Dear Lord, I pray, dear Lord, just working this message, help us uh, to understand it. And if there be, any, be anyone here today that's never been saved, that they, I pray, that they'll make that decision to to be saved today. And as we as we celebrate Christmas. Dear Lord, I pray that we will give our lives as a gift to you as we serve you with our lives. Thank you for all you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. may be seated. The meaning of Christmas today has been somewhat uh, hidden by traditions uh, uh, that vary from from one country to the other, as as you folks know, and I tell you... uh, uh, constantly, please forgive me for referring back to Romania all the time, but the, 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 the uh, uh, traditions in Romania are different than they are in the United States. Uh, in Romania this time, you're hearing the pigs squealing because they're going uh, in, in, in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and there's a process you have to go through before it gets there. Uh, the, the pig is the main thing, you know, it's, that's the, the tradition. And, and here, we, you know, we do hams and turkeys and, and uh, whatever might be the tradition. Uh, it varies from country to country. Uh, it, it varies from family to family. Uh, state to state, different regions of the, of the United States celebrate different traditions, and uh, families to, from one family to another, you have other traditions that have developed, and uh, and, and and sometimes uh, the meaning of Christmas been, has been hidden by fables or uh, by commercialization, um, and, uh, and and at this time of the year, people are beginning to be weary of all the celebrations and we've still got some for our church and we're looking forward to those things but there's just a lot going on it seems like every day of the week there's some place you got to be and something going on and 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 uh uh you know there's lights to be put up They're, they have the, we've had the black friday deals and the cyber monday deals and uh gifts to wrap we've got the dinners to plan we've got decorations to put out and and, and i wonder is this what christmas is all about uh, is this really what God had in mind for us for Christmas? Uh, listen, is Christmas designed by God for, for, for us, to, to stress us out? Uh, is that what he had in mind? Uh, is Christmas designed to put us into debt? Uh, is that what God had in mind? Is Christmas designed to cause family squabbles? Uh, that happens sometimes at Christmas time. Uh, Christmas is not about stress or debt or fighting. Uh, uh, it it, it's, it is about the coming of God in the flesh. It's about Jesus coming to this earth in human form. This morning I'm going to look at three main ideas in this passage of Scripture as we examine what Christmas is all about. The first thing I want us to see is the eternal plan of God as we look at verse number. But when the fullness of time was come, God is the creator of time. He's, he's the maker of time. Uh, he is the Lord of time. And God rules over time. At the precise time that God had determined, he sent Jesus into the world. Uh, God is in control of our history. He's under, uh, because his history is, is, is his plan. Uh, Things may seem to be out of control today, and we have wars, and rumors of wars are always in the news, but everything is happening as God allows. Everything is happening in His timing. He is in control of of all the breaking news events. Uh, In in the fullness of time, man's sin did not catch God by surprise. Uh, It didn't catch Him by surprise. The plan of redemption was not a plan B. Uh, in Revelation 13, 8, the Bible says the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. From the time of the creation uh, uh, of, of the earth, there was a plan of salvation for mankind. It wasn't a plan B. This did not catch God by surprise. God doesn't respond to history. God writes History. He writes it. He is the controller of time. Some have described history as his story. It's his story. God set the date for the first Christmas. God sent his angel Gabriel to speak to Mary. God put his seed in the womb of Mary. God orchestrated the timing of the census. Uh, God chose the family. The timing of the birth of Christ was precise. Uh, I wonder why Christ wasn't born maybe a hundred years earlier. Uh, uh, Why was he not born during the times of the Greeks or the Babylonians or the Medes or Persians? Uh, Why was he born in Bethlehem? Why was he born? Where was he born? Uh, What was he? uh, What he was? uh, When he was? Uh, Because of the fullness of time was come, God was in control of everything. Listen, it was all God's plan how it all unfolded. And and he, he knew about it well before it ever happened. It was all part of his plan. Well, let's consider when he was born, politically speaking. Rome was the ruler of the world during that time. They had built a sophisticated roadwork around the world to connect every every, all the the conquered land to Rome. Uh, That God had used these roads for the gospel to get spread out in a very short period of time. Prior to that, it would have taken much longer for them to go to different places. Uh, It it helped in the preaching of the gospel. Uh, The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul traveled down these roads when he went from place to place. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to stand on one of these roads. Uh, That's still in existence. Uh, 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 It was called the Via Ignatia. And it travels from what present-day Istanbul across uh, towards the west, across northern Greece, all the way to, through Macedonia, the Republic of Macedonia, and to Albania. Uh, and according to the maps, from there they would take a ship that would head straight towards Italy. Uh, and and uh, this little portion there, close uh, the portion that I, I was able to, to, to walk on, was near Neapolis, between Neapolis and Philippi. This little section there uh, that I was able to walk on for a little bit. Um, it, it, was, it was the right timing politically, it, it was the right time culturally speaking. Uh, Alexander the Great in leading the Greeks to world power, brought a Greek culture to the world. He brought the Greek gods and and spread that throughout the world. But with the culture, he brought the Greek language uh, to the world. And this is the language that the New Testament was written in. Uh, He he brought that that language, spread that out. Uh, It was the right time religiously. And and, um, it it was the right time politically. It was the right time culturally. It was the right time religiously. Uh, the Jews had returned to their homeland Israel. Uh, under the Roman Empire. They could worship the one true God. It was the right time. The fullness of time. The time that God had appointed. God is still control of time. Amen. He, he is, is very aware of where we are. According to our calendars. God knows what's going on right now in the world. He knows what's going right now. Uh, what's going on right now in your life. Uh, he He knew you were going to be here at this place today. Mm-hmm. He knew that before you came. Well, life is in control of time. God is in, in control of time, uh, events, and circumstances. He's in control of those things. Christmas is the eternal plan of God. He controls the time. It's, it's all in His hands. Christmas is... It's not only uh, an eternal plan of God, but it's an extraordinary process. As we look at verse number uh, four again, in the last part, it says, "God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law." Christmas centers on a miraculous, supernatural event. There are some that believe that don't believe in miracles and. Some Baptists don't believe in miracles, but you listen, you can't believe God's word uh, without uh, believing in miracles. The preservation of this book in itself is, is, is a miracle. You can't write it. You can't. Uh, man didn't write it. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. It was written without mistakes over a long period of time, over a thousand years of uh, time, by many different men, and there's no contradictions. And all of the prophecies of this book are true. Uh, There are there are other people who have tried to be prophets and try to write prophecy. How how many remember the the Mayan calendar a few years ago? Uh, In two thousand twelve, that was supposed to be the end. You know, nothing's supposed to happen after that. Okay, how much do you put faith in the Mayan calendar now? Not a whole lot of faith. You know why people put faith in what God says in His Word is because everything that He said in His Word has happened. The prophecies that have been foretold in His Word have taken place. Therefore, the prophecies that have not taken place, we can believe it's going to happen. Uh, We can believe in it. We can believe in God's Word. Uh, The Bible is a supernatural uh, book, but God not only has a supernatural book, God has a supernatural Son. He was born of a virgin. God sent forth his son. God entered the world in a human body. That baby born in a stable wrapped in clothes of a peasant. Nourished in a trough was not the son of a carpenter of Galilee. That baby was the son of the holy God. The incarnation was the fancy word that we use in churches sometimes. It simply means in flesh and bone. God came forth in flesh and bone. The miracle of God became, uh, the miracle of God becoming a man. It wasn't half God and half man. He wasn't half and half. He was all God. He was all man. He was the God man. He was the creator of all things, yet he was placed in the womb of a virgin. It's no wonder the angels sang glory to God in the highest. It's no wonder the star marked his location in John chapter 1, verses one, uh, 1 through 3, and then down to verse number 14. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, talking about Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in verse number 14 it says, And the word became, and the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, the Bible says he was made of a woman. There are some today that would dispute the divergent birth of Christ. They would say it scientifically, it would be impossible that a virgin could have a child. They would have us believe that it is just a myth. It may be scientifically impossible, but it is scripturally undisputable. You may say, how did all that happen? Well, you would be the first to ask that question. How could a girl, 15, 16 years old, uh, have a baby never having been with a man in a in a, uh, sexual relations. Mary herself asked that question of the angel in Luke chapter 1. She didn't understand how that could be. In verse number 34, it said, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Yeah, it seems impossible for it to happen. But verse number 37 says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. If if God can form man of the dust of the ground and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. And man become a living soul. God can put his seed in the womb. Of, a, of a, a, a virtuous virgin woman. Why should we care about that? Why is that important? Well. First of all. It's, it's a true doctrine of the word of God. It's clearly taught in the Bible. It's clearly taught. Secondly. If Jesus is not born a virgin. Then he would not be sinless. If Jesus is not sinless, then a sinner died for our sins. And that won't work. Our salvation is based on the fact that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He was the sinless sacrifice for our sins. That lamb that was slain in the Old Testament, that was without spot, without blemish, was a picture of a coming lamb of God that was sinless. No other sacrifice would work. Anything less than perfection would not have worked. Christmas is about a God who rules in the affairs of men. Christmas is about a God who invades human history in the form of a baby. The last thing I want you to see today is that Christmas is about a purpose. It's about a purpose, an effectual purpose of God At verse number 5. We, we, we should be concerned not only about uh, what God did at Christmas, but we should be concerned about why God did it. Why would an infinite God, uh, who, is, who is not bound by time and space, uh, why would He willingly come to this earth in flesh and bone? Why would he willingly uh, confine himself to time and space? Why would this God who is infinitely holy uh, and live on earth with sinners? Why would God who is life willfully lay down his life uh, for the sins of the world? Well, our answer is in verse number five. It says to redeem them that are under the law. That we might receive the adoptions of sons. First Christmas is about redemption. Redemption. It, it's about God that became man so that, that he could die. Listen, you can't, you can't nail God to a cross. You can't nail the Holy Spirit to the cross. God became man, flesh and bone, in the Son so that he could be nailed to the cross. He could so that he could pay our sin debt. Our text says to redeem them that are under the law. That's an interesting word, redeem. It's another biblical word we don't see much uh, in today's world, but in the Bible, uh, it's a word that takes that best describes what takes place in, in a soul uh, of a repenting person. It, it, it means to buy back. It means to buy back. In the first century. There were many that were uh, in slavery. In fact, uh, history says it was probably under the Roman, uh, in the Roman Empire more people in slavery, slavery than were free. And, and, and if, if a person wanted to go and, and purchase a slave in order to release him for the purpose of releasing him, they referred to that transaction as to redeem him. To pay for him so that he might be freed. You may ask, well, why is that important to me? Well, you need to understand that every man, woman, boy, and girl born on this earth is born into the bondage of sin. Uh, We are under the control of Satan. He is ruling in our lives and we are slaves to sin. God's works will not buy you out. Uh, Good works will will not buy you out. Going to church will not buy you out. Being baptized will not buy you out. Uh, There is only one thing that will buy you out of slavery. And, And that is the precious blood of Jesus. As He shed His blood on the cross of Calvary. That's the only thing that will buy you and set you free. You can be set free today. You can be transferred out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of heaven. Because Jesus went... To the slave market and paid the price for your sins to set you free from your sins. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? There was a story uh, that was told many years ago about a little boy who had made a boat, a little sailboat. He made this little sailboat. He spent a lot of time crafting this sailboat, and he was a really good boat maker because. When he put it in the water, the the wind caught the sail and it took it deeper into the water and took it down the stream. And he was running along the shore trying to catch his boat and it was going faster and faster. And it kept farther and farther ahead of him until he couldn't see it any longer. He lost his boat. It was weeks later. He was walking through town and he walked by the fish market and he looked in the window and there was his boat in the window. And it had a price tag on it. They, someone, and he goes in there. and He says, I, I, "That's my boat." He says, well, I, "I don't know about that." He said, "I bought it from the fisherman who came and brought and sold me fish." Uh, and, and and he says, "Well, I, I, that's my boat." He says, "Well, if you want that boat, you're going to have to pay for it." This little boy, he had no way of paying for it. He didn't have anything. And he went to work. He was throwing newspapers. He went raking yards. And he was he was doing. Uh, all kinds of different dog, walking dogs, doing all kinds of chores to raise money. Finally, he came to back to the, to, the, uh, to the fish market and he came with pockets full of change and water dollar bills and things and just and puts it all on the counter. He says, I, I, I want to buy my boat. And the guy counted his money and he had enough money and he got his boat and as he took that boat and wrapped it around and hugged that boat as he was going home, he says, Now you are doubly mine. He says, I made you and I bought you back. And that's exactly what God did for us. He made us and he paid for us to buy us back, to redeem us. That's redemption. That's what God did for us. He redeemed us. Christmas is about freedom. It's about salvation. It's about forgiveness, being free from the bondage of sin. John 8, 36 says that if the Son uh, therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. We're no longer bound by sin when we come to Jesus. We're we're released of the bondage of sin. We're no longer under the control of Satan. We are under the guidance of God. Verse number 5 says to redeem them that are under the law. And look at that last part. That we might receive the adoption of sons. We can look kind of at verse number 4 and 5 and blend them together. And I don't think we'll be doing any harm to the scriptures. But we look at a portion of 4 and a portion of 5. We could read it like this. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son that we might receive the adoption of sons. God gave up his only son so that he could adopt a multitude of sons. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But we see Jesus, uh, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that, that He, by the grace of God, should taste should, should taste death for every man. For it became Him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. Uh, the purpose of God becoming man is so that he might die. That's why he became man. That's why he came in that, as a babe in, in Bethlehem. The purpose of God giving his son. Is so that he might have other sons. Paul said. To be absent from the body. Is to be present with the Lord. One day. All of us. All of us Christians. Are going to be going home for Christmas. Amen. Amen. One day we're all going to be home for Christmas. Amen. What Christmas, what is Christmas about? God becoming man to die for our sins. To redeem us, to buy us back, to set us free from the bondage of sin. So that we will be His children the one, and one day we'll go home for Christmas. I ask you this morning, are you His child? Are you uh, have your sins been forgiven? Have you been bought back? Jesus wants to buy you back. He wants to use the blood that he shed some 2,000 years ago. To, for you to accept that as payment for your sins. He wants to redeem you. Everyone has given gifts during this season. And God, God gave us a gift. He gave us his, his son. He gave us a son to live on this earth and to die so that we can be his sons as well. Listen, you can give him a gift today by becoming his child. I wonder if you might consider that today. As we come into this Christmas season, there's a lot of things going on. Things that are fun to do, uh, exciting to be a part of. And we're we're so happy that uh, we have these things that we can enjoy uh, at Christmas time. I'm thankful that we live in a country that still has Christmas, Amen. and I'm thankful that we can rightfully say Merry Christmas. Amen. But what is Christmas to you? What does it mean? I hope that you will see the real meaning of Christmas the real reason for the season it's not all of the, the the things that we do although we enjoy them and there's nothing wrong with those things but we must get the message across whatever your traditions involve at christmas time don't forget to tell the christmas story Don't forget to remember where it all started. And let's celebrate Christmas in our lives. And let's, if you're here today and you've never been saved, well, I'll tell you, you don't really understand the true meaning of Christmas until you're a child of God yourself. Uh, He came. He did everything that he could do to, to pay the price for your sins. He did it all. You don't have to do anything except to receive the gift that he's offering, that gift of salvation. I hope if you're here today and you've never been saved, that you'll make that decision this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Thank you for so much for sending your Son to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Lord, we couldn't, we couldn't save ourselves. Nothing we could do could help ourselves. But you sent your Son your only begotten Son, that we might have salvation. He lived and He died on the cross, shed His precious blood to make a payment for my sins. He did no wrong. He never sinned. He was a perfect lamb that was slain for my sins. You sacrificed Your Son for me and for all the world. Dear Lord, I'm so thankful for that. And I pray to your Lord that others here today that haven't been saved, have not received Christ as their Savior, will make that decision to do that this morning as the invitation is sung. Thank you for all you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.